I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that hopes to give you inspiration and tools to live a more satisfying life. Today's interviewee is Felicity Aston. She's a really impressive explorer. She was the first woman to ski solo across Antarctica, and she leads all female expeditions to both poles of our amazing planet. Her curiosity is really infectious, and she has a childlike awe about the work that she gets to do. She clearly adores it. And Felicity, it seems, can find light even on the darkest and loneliest days. It's a real inspiration to listen to her. As I mentioned, she chooses to lead all female expeditions at the moment, and they're collecting new and important data about how the female body copes in these extreme environments. Until now, we've only had that information about men. Felicity is at pains to point out that many remarkable female explorers came before her, but they're just not written about, not celebrated or remembered in the same way as their male colleagues. But happily, this is changing. And Felicity explains that we're now in an era where more women than men are exploring the poles of the earth. The Arctic and the Antarctic, lots of people just see them as big, cold, white places at either end of the planet that are largely the same, but they're totally different to the extent that I bet if you dropped me blindfolded in a cold place and said, are you north or south? I I think I'd have a good chance of telling you, you know, just by the, the feel of it, the smell of it. Because the Arctic is full of life. You're never far away from life. But in the Antarctic, it's the exact opposite. It's almost a completely sterile place. It's a place where even bacteria has a hard time surviving. When you're alone on the Antarctic Plateau, you get a real sense of vastness. You know, this place, you turn around 360 degrees, there's nothing, just that flat white line dividing snow from sky. And yet at the same time, you're struck by just how amazing that makes us. You know, we're so tiny and insignificant, and yet here we are in a place we're not supposed to survive. And not only are we surviving it, but we're learning to understand it. While people are still interested and surprised, there is still a place for putting together all-female expeditions just to send that really positive message. There are plenty of women achieving incredible things in all aspects of society and including science, technology and polar exploration. The common perception, I think, is still that women are kind of latecomers to exploration. And yet, you know, you can go back to the Vikings, you can go back to Roman and Greek times, and there's incredible stories of uh, female leaders, uh, female explorers, and yet, you know, we, we don't know those stories. I'd completed a lot of team journeys at that stage, and I was very conscious of the amount of motivation and discipline that I gained from that team around me. And I thought, okay, well, what if I took that away? What if it's just me? It's so funny how often the worst of moments are also the best. (laughs) For example, I remember skiing one day through a big blizzard, you know, it was a total whiteout, loads of wind, snow being blown around in the air, so I couldn't really see anything. And there was half of my brain just terrified. And then there's another part of my brain that's going, wow, look at this. You're being an explorer in Antarctica. Like, who gets an opportunity to do this? This is amazing. So, and those two conversations are going on in your brain at the one same moment. You know, a lot of the blizzards in Antarctica, they're only surface 
disruption, you know. And so you look directly up and it's a perfect blue sky. And I remember just looking up and it was just a beautiful moment in all this kind of chaos. Getting to the South Pole with a team of women from all around the world, all around the Commonwealth in 2009, you know, those women returned to their home countries and shared their story and they sent a really strong message to so many people, men and women, boys and girls, about, you know, what it's possible to achieve, but also a really positive message about what women are achieving and where women should be in society. I still get emails today from people that have said they've read or heard something about that story and it's inspired them to take action on long-held ambitions. Back in 2018, we undertook a whole raft of both physiological and psychological studies about the response of the human body to extreme environments. There's very little data that has come from women, practically no data that's come from women of various ethnicities. So our expedition was really important at plugging some of that data gap, feeding into the global effort towards human interplanetary, maybe even interstellar travel in the, in the future. I think the public perception is still that the polar world is still very much a male-dominated arena. And yet, if you look back at the last few polar seasons, there have been far more women going out and doing solar expeditions. And I think the, the perception needs to catch up with the reality. We tweeted all the way to the South Pole on an expedition. And the immediacy of that was really incredible to the people that were following our expedition. With another expedition, we created an art exhibition that travelled around the UK and to Iceland. And we recorded the sounds of a place. Like when you're walking in really cold snow, it sounds very different. You can almost tell the temperature just by the sound of your footfalls in snow. Felicity's fresh approach to communicating and describing what it's like at the poles of the Earth really excites me. She says that maths and science are just one way to describe and capture these places. She's collecting sounds and others are making art inspired by these extreme environments, composing music and choreographing dance, to give those of us who'll never get to travel to them a real sense of these places. Felicity is also a climate scientist, and she's inviting us to all be realistic about the future that we face. She believes that a lot is now inevitable and that we need to focus on how we can adapt to our future climate. She also points out that we likely only have a very narrow window left to really explore and learn from these extreme environments. They seem really remote, the poles of the Earth, to all of us, but Felicity explains how interconnected they are with the ecosystem of the entire planet. They can't be ignored. Felicity's could be one of the very last generations to experience these environments. We mustn't waste any time. The estimates in 2018 were that we'd already lost 85% of that thicker, older, more stable ice. And so what that means is that the coverage of ice in the Arctic Ocean that we have today is much more readily broken apart. And our opportunity to get out there and understand that incredible environment before it's gone, that, that window is really short. 
I think people like to think of the polar regions as being somewhere far away that has nothing to do with them. You know, when you start to study the planet and environmental systems, it becomes really obvious very quickly just how interconnected everything is. What happens in the Arctic and the Antarctic directly affects the weather that you experience when you walk out of your front door. And, you know, the forecast for the future as we start to see changes in those polar environments, that will start to change not only the atmospheric circulation that brings our weather, but also the biodiversity that we see around our coast, the very fabric of life on the planet it became obvious that we weren't going to be able to continue with our plans because most of the logistical support that enables us to get up onto the Arctic Ocean came out of northern Siberia and a lot of the flight crews and and planes came out of Ukraine. It makes it very apparent how invested Russia is in particularly the Arctic region. So for example, Russia has by far the largest icebreaker fleet that's capable of accessing high latitude Arctic Ocean sea ice. And so the last year, the operator that enables us to access the North Pole for a ski expedition, they've been working really hard, kind of creating a whole new logistical framework that doesn't involve uh, going via Siberia or, or the Ukraine. When you first kind of get off the plane or get off the helicopter into minus 40 degrees centigrade, the first intake of air kind of hits the back of your throat and makes you cough uh, because it's, you know, dry and cold. And that makes your eyes water, which, of course, then all freeze up. And you've got your eyelashes all frozen together because your eyes are watering and you're coughing. You can't speak properly because you're coughing with every other breath. And it's really intense. There's a huge amount of pressure. We've upped the stakes with our expedition because we also need to collect all this scientific data, all of that. That takes time. It has to be done properly. I mean, the the greatest lesson that I think I've learned is the power of just keep getting out of the tent, not giving in, you know, no matter what the problem you're facing. Felicity admits to a vulnerability that might seem surprising for an explorer like her. Like the rest of us, Felicity has a tendency to find taking action really hard. She describes being in her warm sleeping bag inside her tent and finding it really incredibly hard to get out of it and out into the snow. But she's found a solution and a way to overcome that resistance. And I think it's something that we can all apply helpfully in our lives. She's found that she can rely on the familiarity of a repeated routine. She knows that all she needs to do is take the very next step, making her coffee, drinking her coffee, getting her clothes on, taking each step one at a time. She doesn't have to think further ahead than that. And before she knows it, she's back out on the ice, exploring for another day. I think it's really good advice, as I say, to break any task down into the smallest steps you possibly can, so small that they're so easy to take. And just trust that as you take each step, the path will appear before you. This interview with Felicity was originally broadcast on television by NHK World as part of the interview series Direct Talk. If you enjoyed this episode of Vision Vibes, you might also like the episodes featuring astronauts Chris Hadfield and Christina Koch. Just like Felicity, they have found their own ways to cope in unforgiving environments. I'm Chloe Potter. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.